You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm back, back in the New York Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Cranky? What's going on, Grump? Uh, back in New York. Uh, very fun weekend down in Florida. Saw, um, saw my Gators upset Utah. Saw future New York Giant uh, Hall of Fame quarterback Anthony Richardson at work. Saw two raise wins over the Yankees. Good weekend. Good weekend. Glad to be back, though, and ready to uh, get ready for game week for real for the Giants. Well, it's technically still the weekend. It is Monday. It's Labor Day. Um, I I didn't really wake up early today. Um, you had to fly. So. Yeah, I flew. I flew back last night. And um, you know, oh yeah, no, then then you had a this, full weekend. With this, my bum wing, it's still sleeping is still a luxury, which I do not have yet. So ah. I'm getting better, though. I'm feeling no uh, no sling anymore. Feeling a lot better. Nice. You are, are you are you still game time decision for Sunday or are you full go? Um, you can put me down as uh, you know questionable. Yeah, put that put it probable, but in pencil, but most likely in. Okay. All right. Um, this is kind of a, a light one here. We're just kind of reviewing the fifty-three man roster. We knew that there would be a massive churn. Uh, and that it would take some time and that whatever the in- initial announcement was was not going to stay the same. The Blake Martinez news forced us to do an episode early, but this is really when we kind of wanted to do this anyway. And uh, it's a good thing we did because a key piece was added today. But starting off with the Blake Martinez thing that we had to do on Thursday, we recorded that for Friday, Correct. I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um no further news on that one. That one is still a bit of a mystery as to why it was mutual, how in any way it was mutual, what that, what was behind cutting a starter. Um, so no further news on that. I imagine that we will probably hear uh, sometime after he signs with a new team. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure another beat writer is going to ask him. Well, first of all, he probably doesn't want that information coming out or discussing it while he's negotiating with other teams. I mean, it's wants to, you know, think about it. If you're looking for another job, do you want to talk about your last employer before you have the new job? So I think, I think there'll be radio silence on it and there'll be some sort of, uh, you know, a comment will be made, maybe it's introductory press conference or who knows what, but at the end of the day, that's yesterday's news. Let's move on. You know, uh, it's time for the season. And I think, you know, that one transaction was blown out of proportion by people. I think who are, Looking for reasons to criticize this offseason and, and this you know front office and coaching staff and stuff where there really has been many reasons to criticize and uh, you know hopefully as you know this team gets better in the next year or two you're stop looking for things to just complain about and look for positive things I, I think that's just the state of the giant fan right now and I get it but let's turn the page and move forward. Well, I disagree. I think it was a boneheaded move, but. That's okay. Uh, I I do agree it was overblown. I do think it was also uh, something that can't be explained right now. I think it was probably dumb. 
Um, but we'll see. Uh, I no, also no. don't. I don't really care. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know what happened it, there, so I don't have a full opinion on it. Something just sounds but, like well, that just out of nowhere and seems really stupid. There's usually a reason. And yeah, it, but it but it still sucks. It happened now. Uh, this is a bad time to be cutting a starter. Well, let's also regardless. That, let's also see how fast somebody signs him. If he's sitting around for a couple of weeks, then maybe there's something. I don't. I, I think he's got a shaky ACL, but I mean we saw in practice. I think he looks okay. I don't think I don't think he's too hurt to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, yesterday's news is yesterday's news, and uh, finding out some stuff on that Blake Martinez thing that will be interesting. Uh, but I don't really care about it anymore. Um, <laughs> today's news is it's official. Mike Kafka is calling plays. I don't know why this is news. This is this is what we expected from the beginning, right? I think because people wanted just to hear it more than actually being news. I mean, he has been calling plays throughout preseason. He was very involved in, you know, preparations during training camp. Um, I think just people want finale. They want to hear it from the head coach's mouth that this is what's going to happen. So you got your confirmation. Nothing changes as far as I'm concerned, what I expected or anything. Um, and he's the offensive coordinator playing call. Uh, playing calling plays so let's just move forward there it is yeah um acquiring mike kafka was a big deal i in my opinion uh i think it was also a big deal to joe shane and brian dable i think he's a bright young mind they wanted to bring here and it would have been stupid to bring him here and not have him call plays that would have been dumb he i don't think he is in the sitting and learning phase of his career anymore. I think it's a trying and learning phase of his career now. Yeah, and also, I don't think he would have made the move unless he was given some sort of assurance that he would be. A hundred percent. Though I leave Andy Reid to go on this new path where you get a promotion in title only makes no sense. Agreed. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the big news from today. The other big news from today, which directly impacts the rest of this episode is the Giants signed cornerback Fabian Moreau to the practice squad today, but I believe that that will be a a uh, shift onto the active roster relatively soon, right? That's correct, yes. They're just stashing him for right now until he can get up into the, the 53. So we're going to go through the 53-man roster, but let's talk strictly Fabian Moreau right now. Um, for a really long time now, and it's been you more than me, but we've both been saying that the cornerback piece of this roster that we were really worried about probably wasn't on the roster yet, or in some way the the, the cornerback depth, uh, you know, when we were doing our 53-man roster projections and guessing, mm-hmm. we were just kind of like, this guy's not on the roster yet. And, and I think this is the guy, right? This is the veteran cornerback depth. Give me your I thoughts. I agree. Definitely. Um, you know, we, we earmarked this very early on, you know, we, you know, going back when we we're talking about how we're going to get under the cap way back when we, you know, Bradbury being here or gone, we knew that what was left was not going to be enough. And we also know that quality guys for whatever reason are let go by their current teams. And it was one of those just, well, let's just wait and see how it all sorts out. And this is exactly the type of guy we would be looking for. So I, I believe he shook loose from Atlanta. I'm not really sure, but it doesn't matter. He shook loose. He's a former third-round pick from, I think, 2017. Uh, Washington's the one who drafted him. Uh, he's made plenty of starts. He's had plenty of playing time. He's a pretty average depth piece that's a good tackler. Uh, and I think, I think, I don't think this is going to happen, but 
it wouldn't shock me if it did. I think there's an outside shot that at some point this year, he's the starting outside corner and they shift Aaron Robinson to the slot corner position. Uh, not because he's really good, but because he's got the experience on the outside. He might be a little bit better on the outside than Aaron Robinson is on the outside, more consistent on the outside than Aaron Robinson is uh, in having his back to the quarterback, maybe, potentially. And shifting Aaron Robinson to the slot is 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 a net positive for the defense. And, and I yeah. think Aaron Robinson is a... I think his future is that nickel spot, right? I completely agree. I mean, I think, you know... Again, we always talk about who do we need to do in the draft for next year, and we're going to have corner probably pretty high on that list. And if you do, the expectation was that would move Aaron Robinson inside anyway. So if we get a stopgap guy for right now and they can get Aaron Robinson inside and get more reps this year, helps out next year as well. So I, I think that's the plan. I agree with you. It may not be week one, week two, but I would think by the time we're in, into the meat of the schedule, that would be the case. Yeah, uh, I, I could see that happening. And before we get into the full, the full, full, full uh, roster thing, the other signing the Giants made was uh, Tony Jefferson was cut by the Ravens. Um, defensive back, safety. Um, he's thirty years old. He's a ten-year vet. He's a downhill big hitter. He come. He, he played in Wink's defense. This is a huge signing. He doesn't have to be, you know the star safety of this defense, he has to be able to come in and fill a role, right? And I think that's going to be assisting Xavier McKinney and, and Julian Love. I think he's going to kind of swap in there. He'll be able to jump in in, in big defensive back packages. Mm -hmm. And uh, he can also blitz, lay the wood, and he won't embarrass himself in coverage issues, I don't think. I think he's going to know the terminology and he'll... He'll be in the right place at the right time. That's a huge, huge win, and it doesn't force Dane Belton, who has a broken collarbone that he's recovering from, and he's a rookie. He's a young guy that you know is is coming from. He's not exactly coming from DBU either. He's from Iowa or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's about building depth, and we were very concerned about the depth on this team because injuries are going to happen. And knowing our luck, they'll come fast and furious. And we need those bodies in there, capable bodies, not guys just literally off the street. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I was overblowing. You know, at, at the very least, Tony Jefferson is absolutely quality depth for this team. So, mm -hmm. huge, huge pickup for them. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's go through the 53 man roster uh, really quickly. At quarterback, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, they're the guys on the roster. Davis Webb was signed to the practice squad. Any real shocks there? I mean, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we figured three quarterbacks would be there. I guess the the route of the Davis Webb being, you know, cut and brought back in the practice squad was a little raising an eyebrow a bit. But at the end of the day, we got what we wanted anyway, and uh, that's fine. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. When it initially happened that they cut him, I was like, whoa. That's kind of interesting, but uh, I well, I don't know, man. You. I thought that was kind of risky. I thought there was an outside shot he could get signed to another well, team. Well, that was my right? question because he played relatively well in, in preseason. Did you think there was ever a chance? I mean, what is what is his ceiling really in this league? It really is a backup. So the question would be, does someone— Yeah, I, I guess there was a really, really, really low chance that someone else was going to him. But I, I guess I get nervous because he did play kind of well, and I don't really know every team's quarterback— depth issues you know what i, I mean I, I guess my only concern and this is conspiracy cranky talking is that 
you expose him and a team like Philly or Dallas picks him up just because he, you know, they can pick his brain or what he's they learned. Can, they can fuck with him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, you, you kind of ran this formation, this set. What do we should we, what kind of tendencies? But again, that's just my crazy mind thinking. But um, I don't think that's that crazy. Oh, the mind's um. crazy. Trust me. <laughs> well, you're crazy. I don't think that that's that yeah, crazy. Yeah. But fortunately, that didn't happen, and uh, we're good. Yeah, and Davis Webb is here where he is on track to be a coach in some capacity, perhaps even the quarterback coach Let, next year. Let's put it this way. If Davis Webb ever hits the field this year, we have a lot of you know what? bigger problems than that. We keep saying that, but it's still better than Jake Fromm. Oh, that, that's true, but I mean, if he's playing, that means, A, Daniel Jones is, you know, significantly injured which is going to hurt with that decision making process or daniel jones is so bad and tyrod taylor is either bad or hurt also so i mean it's we don't you don't ever want to have your third string quarterback playing period even if he's effective a hundred percent yeah i just that was more of a uh it's very difficult to top how bad last year was kind of statement that's the silver lining on it if we have to go down to the third string it's not going to be a situation where we're going to have to, you know. No, I mean, we, we saw it. He at least looks like he can run the offense. Yeah, we're not going to be kneeling on second down in, you know, on the three-yard line with him as our quarterback. <laughs> um, running back, four guys made the roster. Barkley, Breda, Williams, Brightwell, uh, Jashawn Corbin, he made the practice squad. So that was kind of cool. They managed to keep all four guys. And Corbin, I thought... He didn't really do anything that separated him to break into that group. If Brightwell weren't already here, a draft pick from last year, and playing all four special teams, teams, and returning kicks, I think he would have made it. But either way, his spot on this team I don't think changed at all. He's got a lot of developing to do. He's also kind of a little guy. I think he needs to hit the weight room pretty hard. And that's why we have the practice squad for you know developmental prospects like that. Yes, sir. Wide receivers. This one... Uh, I guess it might still change, but Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, Wandale Robinson, Darius Slayton, uh, Sterling Shepard, Richie James, and uh, David Sills. That's the, the group. David Sills does make the team. He has survived a full week since roster cutdowns. Um, Darius Slayton's still here. There were some trade rumors there. I, I think Darius Slayton's just going to end up being on this team. I think if he gets traded, it's going to be a mid-year thing. Yeah, and I think now that he's here, I think I, it's one of those things where now that he's actually on the roster, I feel better that he is on the roster because if we have another rash of injuries, you know, if the Kadarius Tonery injury happens again or something, that I'd rather have him be next man up than some of the other potential guys on there. So, well, I wasn't too, I wasn't advocating for him to be on the roster. Now that he's here, I have a little more of a comfort level from him than maybe somebody else. Yeah, uh, I actually don't really have a problem with him being here as like a player. When you look at this wide receiver room, he's better than a lot of these guys. That's it. Yeah. And you know something? He's someone at least you have to cover and you know account for. I mean, I don't, I don't trust him with his hands, and especially in big spots. But he's he's not someone you can just like run around and be like, I don't worry about him. His, in my opinion, his competition in terms of his skill set is C.J. Board who is just not consistent at all. But he's the only other guy I think that's the straight line speed wide receiver. And he made the practice squad, but, you know, 
I think CJ Board oftentimes hangs around because he has some level of special teams ability or willingness or whatever. Uh, but but when CJ Board is your only competition for your spot, I mean, it makes it hard to cut a guy like Darius Slayton, especially when Kadarius Tony has an injury thing, uh, Kenny Galladay has an injury thing, Wondell Robinson is like five foot eight. Yeah, there's yeah, a so good so, chance he's gonna have an injury right, thing. Right. We're also talking about wide receiver five in a perfect world too, right? <laughs> I mean, in a perfect world, but I think Kadarius right. Slayton is what the first guy off the bench, right? Um, if you're going he, for wide, yeah, I guess so. Because David Sills is the like a Kenny Galladay replacement almost. He's the big guy. Although I think he might be able to kind of fit into Darius Slayton's thing. You know, he's he's Darius Slayton's not coming in for Wandale Robinson. No, Wandale's coming in for Kadarius. And... Well, sort of. I think Kadarius Tony has an outside role and an inside role in this offense. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I think Darius Slayton is the first guy off the bench. Mm-hmm. So. In a perfect world, yeah, he's probably wide receiver five, but he's like wide receiver three in this offense. I guess so, yeah, yeah. Um, CJ Board made the practice squad. I think that that's depth. I don't think he's a future for this team. They also added Khalil Pimpleton. He is a UDFA out of Central Michigan. Um, I watched oh. a little bit from him. He was on the Lions, so I didn't watch any hard knocks. Uh, a Jamaica Wayne guy. Interesting. Oh, is he? Yeah. 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 Um, he's kind of like your Wondell Robinson practice squad version. That's like my lazy take. He's 5'9", 175. In Central Michigan, he did a lot of the jet sweeps, end arounds, short stuff, screens, and then run as much as you can with it. He's that kind of guy. Well, that helps, uh, you know, just with reps. I mean, that's, you know. But, yeah, I mean, that might be. Ball on this team, and it may not be on the field on Sundays. It's, it's doing things like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a practice squad use for a guy like that because he can be like the other team's version of that guy. But also, that's a guy that you can you can develop. You can develop mm-hmm. that skill set and mm-hmm. use him in your offense. And he might be the first guy off the bench if Wandale ever gets hurt or something like that. Who knows? Is he uh, type, so is a that, guy a potential guy who could be like a putt returner or a kick returner? With that type I, of I don't. Set? I I don't know about that. Pro- possibly, probably. Mm-hmm. Um. But we'll, that maybe we'll, we'll see down the line too. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that's the difference between a CJ Board type and a, and a Khalil Pimpleton thing. You know, CJ Board has been around a little while. He's mm-hmm. hung on mostly because of his special teams value. Pimpleton, I think, has a specific skill set they think they might be able to develop that fits into the way they draft. Does that follow? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're trying to get their guys in here, and you know, the size. But, yeah. I, I, that's they, the they see him get cut elsewhere and they're like, well, I mean, shit, why not, right? We might be able to develop this, I think. Right. Um, tight ends, Daniel Bellinger, uh, Tanner Hudson, and Chris Myrick. He's kind of like, he's listed as a fullback on the official roster. I think he plays a little bit more in the fullback aspect, a lot more like wheels and screens and, you know, a lot more blocking from him. But I'm kind of grouping them all together. No surprise there. Austin Allen made the uh, practice squad. Again, no surprise there, right? Mm hmm. Um, we'd have to roll with these guys. I think it's going to be a, a, a position of need going forward, but let's just deal with it this year and see how Bellinger does, really. Yeah, you know, if it weren't for, like, a cap situation that they're sort of in, I'd think that they might bring somebody in. Uh, I don't think anyone really shook loose too much in the tight end. Uh, I mean, other than Tanner Hudson was let go kind of early. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be the guy. We'll see. They have given Bellinger a ton of reps this summer. 
Um, even when they went out and they got Ricky Seals Jones and they got Aiken or Atkin or whatever his name was, they still gave Bellinger a lot of reps. So, so I Ricky feel Seals a little Jones bit better. Was, he was just uh, just released, a medical thing, or just what was the final? I it might have been waived, injured. Okay. Or, or I think he was stashed to IR. Okay. Um, offensive line: uh, Andrew Thomas, John Feliciano. Uh, Mark Lewinsky, Evan Neal, Ben Bredesen, Josh Zudu, Devery Hamilton, uh, and then new guys Jack Anderson and Tyre Phillips, who was the corresponding move for Blake Martinez. Mm-hmm. Shane Lemieux, I believe, is on IR, IR. for right now. Yes. Um, so that's a big hit. Left, gu- I, I, left guard might be Devery Hamilton. It might be Ben Bredesen. I have no idea. Um. I don't really. Jack Anderson is a guy who was waived by Philadelphia. They picked him up. I'm not expecting him to be the first guy off the bench in a brand new offense. No way. Tyre Phillips was claimed from the Ravens. Another guy I don't expect to do anything. I think it's going to be Devery Hamilton and not Josh Azudu. You don't think Bredesen? Nah, I think think they're going to move Bredesen to be like backup center kind of thing. Okay. I don't. I, I. This is a big question mark, and it's going to be interesting yeah, to see yeah, practice this week, right? We're, we're all both of us are just throwing names like Bredesen or what's uh, Shane Lemieux realistically coming back? What's the? No, I mean I don't know. I, we we don't even really know the full extent of the injury, do we? I, I haven't. I know I've been looking. I haven't seen anything. So it, it started just... as like a toe, and now it's more of a whole foot thing. And then he was on IR. Uh, I I think that it's probably. It was always more than a toe, and it was always going to be like a month-to-two-month thing, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I can't give you a realistic anything because I don't even know what the hell the diagnosis is. But if I'm guessing, I think he's going to be a short-term IR guy. I don't think he's going to be on the long-term for the year kind of thing. I think That's he what, just... That was what I was trying to really get to. Is, is someone – can we even expect him to be back this year, or we just have to hold the fort down until – yeah, I think it's a hold the fort down until kind of thing. Okay. Uh, which is which is a bummer. <laughs> sure, yeah, sucks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we'll, well have to I see feel, with that one. I guess but. I feel a little better. Maybe it's on the left side because you know Andrew Thomas is established over there. You know, if it was on the right side, and you you know you have Evan Neal who's still getting his feet wet. I, you know, I I, I get it. It's more of the blind side of, of the quarterbacks, but having Andrew Thomas as your foundation, your rock over there. I feel a little better better about it. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, not that I'm doing cartwheels or anything, but no. And I will say that Devery Hamilton did look good at left guard in this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Azudu looked very inconsistent. Uh, and, I, and I said this, I think, when we drafted him, it's going to take time with him. He has really got to get his technique down. Uh, he played on a very good offensive line in North Carolina that ran for like a million yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of what I think they liked about Josh Azudu was his athleticism and his ability to get out on the move and make blocks and his versatility, his ability to play guard, tackle, etc. And we've seen that stuff already. It's the regular blocking shit he's got to get better at. He's got to use his hands better. Too much... He's throwing like his chest into guys and his, his hands are too low or they're too far back. He's got to get in. Um, and so he's not ready, in my opinion. But I'm not a coach, and I am not seeing him every day. So he might be ready. So who, who's Evan Neal's backup at right tackle? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, well, okay, so 
practice squad guys are uh, Max Garcia, Will Holden, who I would think would be elevated in the event of any kind of injury to Evan Neal. Even if he, mm-hmm. you know, he's a planned go, I think they would elevate him just in case he gets further injured in a game or something like that. But Will Holden, uh, I, I would guess. But, I, you know, Josh Azudu might be that guy. I don't really know the deal with Jack Anderson or Tyre Phillips. The reason I, I don't think it would be either of them is because they don't know the first thing about this offense. Right. Yeah. How could they? So right. I, I don't think it could be either one of them. I would think it would be either Josh Azudu moves straight to tackle or Devry Hamilton moves from left guard to tackle and they throw Azudu in a guard. So he's got to stay healthy and he has to be pretty halfway decent. <laughs> Those don't sound like the most uh, comforting solutions right now. They don't. I also don't know. I mean, they might be rolling with this for a week and they might elevate Will Holden just doing some roster jockeying and they know that both tackles are healthy right now so they're not worried about it. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this roster is going to churn the bottom end of it for like another two to three weeks, especially when a team is bad like this. Right. Because uh, they're constantly going to be looking for guys to upgrade. There are guys on this team that they don't want on this team. Like, I don't think they want Tyre Phillips on the 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... Um, switching over to the defense, there's a lot more or a lot less surprises or things to talk about. I think mm-hmm. um, defensive line: uh, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, uh, Justin Ellis, Nick Williams, and DJ Davidson. Uh, they managed to get Davidson on here. I don't think there's any big, big surprises here. All of those guys, Ellis, Nick Williams, they uh, they looked good in the preseason. They earned their spots. DJ Davidson started to come on later on, but he's a draft pick, so he kind of had an inside track at a position. Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are going to be a big part of this defense. They're going to be, you know, big names. Absolutely. Um, the edge position, Kayvon, Aziz Ojolari, Jihad Ward, O'Shane Ziminis, and Tom and Fox. This one is a surprise. Timon Fox is not really better than O'Shane or um, Quincy Roche. He's he's not. Um, he might be more of a pass rusher, but you know, Bobby on Talking Giants had like a whole meltdown about this move. He's a big Quincy Roche guy. Um, I'm not as in love with Quincy Roche, but I will agree that it makes no sense that Quincy Roche is on the practice squad. He he's a better player, I think, in every facet than O'Shane Ziminis. Is there? I don't, a- is there a salary like is there a cap component to this that we're because we're trying to save every penny we can? It wouldn't make any sense to me. I mean, Quincy Roche is in the second year of his signing. He was waived last year by the team that drafted him, or took so him. So really, there's no like, we're just playing with. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. This might just be like a thing where. Look, Quincy Roche has now, twice not made an initial fifty-three, or, or, or I mean, he was cut by the team that took him. He has now not made the 53 and was signed to the practice so squad here. This is the third front office that's evaluated him and not got him on a 53. Look at Pretty much, way. yeah. I mean, you look at it this way is that this isn't the first time for him. There might be something outside of football about him that's making this happen. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. He seems like a decent guy. I haven't heard anything that says that. But football-wise, it makes no sense. And now this is the second time. 
I mean, when he came here last year, he was already like the best edge guy we had beside Aziz. So there definitely seems to be a little bit of a pattern going of guys for football reasons don't seem to make sense why they are making moves. And yeah, but but Blake Martinez of- was a, a signing that was a vocal leader. He was an integrated part of the last regime. This was like a well, mid-season pickup by the last regime. And what about what's-his-name earlier in, uh, you know— Oh, well, again, Logan Ryan was another big vocal captain leader of the last regime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Him and Blake, I can see as being part of a... Uh, it's, it is very possible that there are non-football reasons that the two of them were not... That are no longer here. But yeah. I don't think that's the same case with Quincy. Yeah, I wouldn't make any conclusions, but I think there's enough to start kind of like... start keeping your eyes open to see if any patterns are developing because again three calls just from a purely on the field standpoint are definitely head scratchers so let's let's just keep keeping our eyes open and see if any of these other type of moves happen in the future what's interesting is that all three guys are big stop the run guys like not that not that Quincy Roche is a big stop the run guy but keeping mm-hmm. O'Shane Ziminis over him says something about Setting the, I mean, O'Shane Zimenez is terrible against the run. It's, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's the reason he never stuck with Patrick Graham is because he can really only rush the passer, and even that he doesn't do particularly well. He has right. like a one move and then fail kind of thing. He doesn't really ever have like a next step kind of thing in his mind. I think um, we should also, before we start making any conclusions about these things, let's let the season play out and see how these guys actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before of we say, you know. Because because the preseason yeah. we're not really seeing what Wink wants to do, so mm-hmm. it, but it is a head scratcher for me. I I think Quincy Roche is a better all around edge guy than O'Shane Zimenez and Tom and Fox, but he didn't make the team. They also picked up uh, Charles Wiley, Chuck Wiley, if you will. He was cut by the Ravens. Um, I assume that he knows Wink Martindale, but he's on the practice <laughs> squad right now. Uh, not much to talk about with him. Okay. Linebackers. We already went over Blake Martinez, so we're not going to talk about that. But Micah McFadden, Tay Crowder, Austin Calitro uh, are the main guys. And then you have Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin. Those are kind of more special teams dudes. But they Carter Coughlin, I, I think, is more of a possibility at playing linebacker if the situation presented itself and they needed to do that than Cam Brown. Cam Brown strikes me as more of an edge guy with like his length and speed. Um, you know, I'm just looking really quick at the depth chart here, and I'm looking when these guys were drafted. Just, you know, seventh-round pick, a sixth-round pick, third-round pick, a second-round pick. We're, um, you don't have any real, like, blue-chip guys out of that list or just, you know, super talent. You have a lot of guys that are like, you know, for a guy like Connor Coughlin, who is Mr. Relevant, to be back again for a second year, just want to see how this plays out that this may be a need that we really need to address maybe in next year's draft getting more of a stud up there yeah and you know what though i I, i've no i I agree with you there's not really like big star power in the linebacker group and yet i thought the linebackers have looked really good in the preseason and in practice Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know if it's just the defense or or what it is and let me say let me kind of preface that a little bit because i don't always make that direct you know 
Well, if I have four five-star guys, that means my college teams win the national championship. Or if I have four first-round picks, that means it's just the odds are, you know, first-round picks will develop into more solid NFL players than fourth-round picks and fifth. So you want to have as many chances for success based on guys you have. So it's not to say that a Carter Coughlin won't be with this team for five years and be successful. It's just the odds of it happening are less. So, 100%. No, you're making an absolutely valid point. I mean, yeah. when I list those guys that are playing linebacker, none of them have a name and none of them have draft status. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have draft status to be good and you don't have to have a name to be good. But it's more likely right. that you would be good if you had one of those. And now yes. the entire linebacker group has none of those. So mm-hmm. it's fair to say that the linebacker group should be a concern. I'm, I'm not currently too worried about it personally because from what i've seen of this defense they've looked okay i don't really know why i can't quantify it i my assumption is that the defense with the talent they've had on the defensive line and the way the scheme is set up i think it might just make it easier on the linebackers to just have an assignment and do it and maybe there's a lot less thinking so younger guys can just be athletic they can just play they have an assignment, and they're just going to play. That's my best guess. I really don't know, and I'm not super X's and O's to really look at the film, especially like preseason film where I'm not really right. you know, sure what level of defense we're running here. Right. But I feel okay with Micah McFadden and Tay Crowder right now. And From a, a general roster standpoint, that's not what I want. And let's let this season play out. Let's not make any, you know, after we two, our minds made up that uh... – you know, we have to move on from Carter Coughlin, for example, in this uh, in this defense. I think it's, you know, new system, new defensive coordinator, a lot of new bodies. It's going to take some time for this to gel before we can really say, okay, you know, we have to make it, you know, weak side linebacker isn't a problem we have to adjust next year or something. Correct. Um, moving into the defensive backfield. Uh, corners that are currently on the roster: Adoree Jackson, Aaron Robinson, Darnay Holmes, Cordell Flott. Then newly acquired Justin Lane and Nick McLeod on the practice squad. There is also uh, no corners. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a lie. No, we, we, we Fabian Moreau, yes, mm-hmm. which we, we just talked about, but we, we think he'll cycle to the active roster soon. And Zion Gilbert, who impressed in the preseason and practice portion of the year. Um, little bit of info on both Justin Lane and Nick McLeod. Justin Lane is a former third-round pick of the Steelers. He's a decent cover corner, in my opinion. He looks back to the quarterback pretty well. He looks good playing back towards the line of scrimmage. Um, and he's a good tackler. Uh, I think there's going to be a premium on if you can't get your corners to be fantastic man cover corners, they at least need to be able to play back towards the line of scrimmage well, like coming downhill. If they're going to blitz in any capacity or or play what's in front of them, they should at least be able to do that and they should at least be able to be good tacklers. I think that's the thinking here because we know Wink Martindale said that you can't get your corners with Uber Eats or whatever. Um, so I think he's looking for at least level qualities that will fit this defense. The other one, Nick McLeod, he was waived by the Bills. He's a former NC State and Notre Dame guy. He was a UDFA in 2021. In my opinion, he's good at getting his hands on the wide receivers and being physical. 
as far as coverage, he looks average at everything. And to me, that makes him great depth. He's He can come in for any person and do an average job. A couple good plays working back against uh, back shoulder stuff. I think that's going to be big in this defense as well. Because when you have man cover corners who are just running with their backs to the quarterbacks, a back shoulder is an easy throw to complete against, to complete against that defense. So if he's doing pretty well against that, maybe that will help. We'll see. Do you have any th- thoughts on this? Yeah, so Fabian Moreau, I mean, he's renting as opposed to buying in the practice squad. I mean, realistically, a couple weeks, two weeks before he's elevated, might just get through week one and then he'll be ready because we, he was signed, went on Saturday. No, he was signed today. Signed, well, Monday, rather. Get through a week, preparation for week two, or do you think it'll be a little longer than that? I have no idea. I don't know, I don't know what um, the rules are, but... You know, the difference between when I say, like, I don't think Jack Anderson and Tyre Phillips are going to be the backup tackle for Neal because they don't know the offense. This defense, I think it was Dan Duggan or maybe it was Jordan Renan made this point. But in this defense, I think being the corner might be one of the easier positions to learn because it's just it's mostly a man cover system. Just just cover the guy mm-hmm. uh, or blitz. This, this play calls for you to blitz. So I think he might be a quicker one than anybody else like there must be some rules then because otherwise you just stash people and then like oh he's in so it must be something if you're making that decision to go in there it's sort of like ir a little bit like you can't just put someone in ir and bring them back a week it's like there's a time you need to be there i don't know how long it needs i I don't know if they can elevate him tomorrow they might be able to i know i I know he has to be elevated by a certain important point in order to play sunday that there's definitely a rule for that, and I'm not. I, I believe he has to be elevated by Friday, um, mm-hmm. in order to be active Sunday. But as far as when he can be activated from the practice squad upon signing, I don't know if there is a rule on that. He may be able to do that tomorrow. But but to answer your question, couple weeks here or there, I think it'll be quicker rather than longer because I think it'll be easier to learn the defense. In this deep, I think for a corner, I agree with whichever beat writer. And I think the need will be kind of apparent, possibly as well. Oh yes, they struggle in in the first couple weeks. Believe me, the the calls will be out there. Get him up, elevated very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, Safety position: Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, Dane Belton, and then newly acquired Justin uh, Jason Pinnock. And then again, the practice squad we have. Tony Jefferson and the UDFA we signed from San Diego State, Trenton Thompson, who had seemed to outpace Yusef Corker on the depth chart. Um, I like the practice squad group for sure. I think Trenton Thompson definitely showed some stuff. Tony Jefferson should be activated to the uh, to the regular roster probably soon. Um, Jason, if the practice squad was his own league, I'd feel pretty comfortable with this team right now. <laughs> um, Jason Pinnock is someone that uh, I believe Bobby already did like a really good video on. Um, he was claimed from the Jets, uh, fifth round pick from Pittsburgh, uh, out of Pitt. Mm-hmm. He's he's still learning the safety position. He's converted corner, so you know that that shows some more his athleticism. He's more athletic for the safety position, probably aggressive, able to tackle well. Um, the bigger thing here is that Jets fans were really surprised that he was cut. Really surprised because he had looked so good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's not to say that Jason Pinnock is a foundational building block for this team going forward or anything like that. But if he is depth, there is um, a need. You should you should you should feel okay if he has to come in at some point this year. Right. He's not going to just be Xavier McKinney. No one's going to say that, right? He's your all star on he's not defense. Be in that off the streets category where you just who is that fucking guy we signed who went by booby miles but that's not his real name yeah (laughs) do you remember like a couple years ago it was like right i think it was the 2018 like dave gettleman that dude fucking sucked i would not expect him to be that no 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 um and then special teams, Graham Gano, uh, Jamie Gillen, who, by the way, he was a bad punter last year, and I was really shocked we didn't bring in, like, competition punter. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looked good all preseason. I can't complain about what I've seen from Jamie Gillen. Uh, and Casey Kreider, no surprises there. I'm assuming Graham Gano is out of the concussion protocol, though I haven't heard that. And uh, Gillian's also the holder, too. Yes. Does that give him any extra value? Uh, I mean, if you can't hold as a punter, then I'll get a punter who can. <laughs> okay. Right? I mean, is that a silly... Like, fuck, I, I, punters got to be able to punt. I, I'm more concerned about my offense moving forward than my punter having a good right. punt. But if my punter can't also hold, I'm going to be pissed off. Right, right, right. At that point, I would... If if Jamie Gillen couldn't, I would vow to have... Vouch for Terod Taylor to learn, personally. Do you agree with that? Having a yeah. backup quarterback do it? Yeah. Broken play, I want someone who can throw. Mm-hmm. Or, and, or and like Terod Taylor is... Who actually can move around, too. And, and, and yeah. be cool about it. Right. He's, he's not going to be freaking the fuck... I mean, he probably yeah. is, We but, don't need some horrible but, uh, highlight. They'll be on ESPN for the next 30 years or something embarrassing. I mean, we've all seen it. The San Francisco play from the championship game. All right. I don't want to talk about that. Still. Exactly. Still yeah. too soon. Um... That's it. That's the roster. Sandro Platzcomer, well, I think, was only... Um, well, they have temporarily, we have Darius Slayton as punt returner and kick returner. I don't think that's going to stay the same. I don't think so either. I think that's going to be Gary Brightwell, because to me, Darius Slayton a has never shown an ability to do that thus far <laughs> in his career. Uh-huh. B, he's been not really doing well. I, I don't even know if he's been practicing it. Did we even see him back there with the group catching it? I don't remember enough. Gary but, Brightwell know, is the first guy I've seen look halfway decent this year doing it. He's on the 53-man roster for that reason, in my opinion. Well, this depth chart I'm looking at has uh, Richie James as the backup kick returner. I could see him as the – Richie James I could see as a backup kick returner and as a backup punt returner. Mm-hmm. They have a Dory Jackson as the backup punt returner. I don't want a Dory Jackson anywhere near special teams. Nope, me neither. We're, we're – if he goes down because of that, you know, we're setting up a chain of events that could be a nightmare, and it's not worth it. I would rather I would rather them sign me and not even pay me to do it than have a Dory Jackson. Do it. <laughs> I'll catch the ball. I will do this every time, and I'll catch it. That's fine. Right. I'll, I'll fair catch it. Um, I'll fair catch it the moment the ball leaves his leg. I don't care. <laughs> It'd still be better. That would still be better. Um, that's it. That's the fifty-three man roster. Coming up this week, we will have our first regular season episode, and that will be a preview of the Tennessee Titans Week 1 matchup at 425 in Nashville. Right? They play in Nashville? It's in Nashville, yes. 
So we'll be back. I'm excited. We'll be back <laughs> in your feeds on every Friday again going forward. No more once a week. We'll have football uh, season. This yes. this to me, I I believe this today, Monday. This marks the start of the regular season to me because this is this is the week of practice, right? This is game this, week. You're doing your game, game install. You're prepping for an opponent. You're not just prepping. You're not prepping to determine who your roster is. You're not determining who your depth chart is. You're not determining all that other nonsense. It's we have a game this week, and this is who we're playing. This is how preparing for that. To me, the season starts now. Correct. The NFL week is Monday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that said, we will have that episode for you Thursday morning, uh, as usual, on YouTube, Google no, Play, no, no, Spotify. Sorry, sorry. Correct. Friday morning, <laughs> as usual, on Friday morning in the usual places, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, etc. That will be there. And uh, in the meantime, as week as the week goes and, and news comes through, we might have some roster churning. We might hear some things about practice. We might hear some about some injury elevations, people coming back from injury. Be sure to follow us on Twitter where we will have all that information more up to date and immediate. I'm at football underscore grump. He is at the cranky fan. And he will also tell you about some FL team stuff. Yes, uh, I took a little sabbatical last couple of weeks after coming back from surgery, but I have a lot to say, obviously, about the the Florida game Saturday night and um, Rays Yankees this past weekend. So um, if you want to hear a little more uh, analysis about what I think about Anthony Richardson, you know, future giant superstar, um, head over to the FL Teams YouTube channel. Probably, I'd say, yeah, tomorrow it'll be up there and uh, bring my thoughts. All right, everyone. We will see you later this week. Go Giants! Go Giants.